Welcome to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast, where we highlight women in this space who are making massive moves, paving the way and leaving their legacy. I'm Caitlin Strempel, CEO of the first ever women-owned NFT marketing and design agency for women by women and your host. I'm honored to have you join me in learning from some of the greatest leaders in our industry. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because the more traction we get, the more women we can support in helping them impact the world. If you or someone you know would be a great guest, stick around to the end and I will tell you how to get in touch and apply. Enjoy the show. Alana McCarthy lives in Toronto, Canada, and is an award-winning illustrator with 20 years experience in commercial art. She makes bright painterly illustrations, lettering, design and murals to help brands and businesses stand out. She's worked with some big clients such as Absolute Vodka, Adobe, Taco Bell, Coca-Cola, Crayola, and the Wall Street Journal. She was also a senior designer at an animation studio for eight years creating style guides for brands such as Babar, Franklin the Turtle, and Beyblade. Four years ago, she returned to running her own creative business. She is big on artists' rights, helping artists make a living by diversifying their income and squashing the starving artist myth. She's also big on mental health advocacy, camping, hiking, biking, yoga, and is a mom to two boys and one big orange cat named Pumpkin. She began her journey to NFTs November 2021 and just launched her first collection, Cat Shonks by Geeky Pet NFT on April 4th, her birthday. Welcome, Alana. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm honored so, to be here. I am so honored to have you as a guest. I feel like we just have so many things in common that we can talk about. Um, but first, we're going to do our, um, our little first questions. Okay, so our icebreaker questions. Sister shout out is number one. Yeah, I've actually got two sister shout outs. One was on your show already, Lisa Kalma. Oh, she's she such is a, yeah, so wonderful, right? She's, she's like a bright kind. shining star in the Web3 space. Exactly. So kind, so funny, so supportive. And then the other one is Amy of Velvet Crab Studio. Um, I kind of I kind of resonate with her because she has a commercial art background too. So we're kind of transitioning into the space. She does a lot of licensing on products and stuff like that and design. And both of those ladies are also crypto moms. So we're also kind of like, you know, mothers to children and um, trying to enter this space and uh, invest and grow our income. And yeah. I love it. All right. What's your morning routine? Uh, usually I wake up and then I grab my phone. I never bring my phone upstairs into my bedroom because I know I would be on it all night. So I'm all about <laughs> setting boundaries. So it waits for me on the kitchen table. I wake up, I eat, I do my makeup while I eat because I find I do my makeup every day. Just It just makes me feel good. makes me feel confident. Yeah. So I can just, Wait, yeah, I can be ready for the day. Eat? Oh my gosh. Yeah, while I eat. <laughs> I think I'm really from- impressed. It comes from the days that I used to live with roommates and there was one washroom. So it's like you had to like have a mirror in front of you and sit on the couch or something like that, right? To not block the bathroom. So yeah, so I got used to that. I do that, um, catch up on all my emails and stuff. And I walk the kids to school. And then um, after I get them off, I come back, I do about 20 minutes, half an hour of yoga. And then I start my day. Oh, I love that so much. Yoga is, I love oh, yoga so too. Good. 
so good. Yeah, especially as I'm hitting middle age, it's like, I need it. Like my joints feel so much better when I do yoga every day. <laughs> oh my God. That's just oh, so, it's so funny. I always go to, I go to like CrossFit or yoga or do something and like always be sore and come home. I'll be like my bones, my, my right? bones. Like, what are you like 80? I'm like, maybe <laughs> <laughs> start um, falling apart. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. That body, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your favorite quote or affirmation. I'm going to go to a very classic one, uh, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. I think if everybody just lived by this and especially on social media, like why are you putting out the mean comments? You know, would you like to get those mean comments? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, that is one that is just way overlooked these days. And I Mm -hmm. think it is, especially for web three so important. Like there are people coming yeah. to the NFT space and they're on TikTok trolling everybody. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you're definitely not going to make it in this space because that is like what the space is about is uplifting people. Exactly. Like we're all learning together. Let's lift each other up, treat people like you want to be treated. Yes. That is probably one of my favorite quotes now that you've said that. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Bringing it back. I love it. Classic. <laughs> the basics. Okay. So we have a ton of stuff in common. Um, your birthday is my cat's birthday. Hey, um, awesome. <laughs> I've never been a cat person, but we got a cat and now I'm a cat person. So yes. I have, yes, I've been another one for the team. <laughs> yes. I've been turned. I'm also a dog person too. We have, we have a zoo over here. Um, and we both came from the corporate world and I know you have stories all about that. So I would love to learn and just hear your story on how you transitioned from corporate and kind of what prompted that move. Yeah, for sure. So um, I got picked up by an illustration agency right out of school. Um, I was with them probably about eight years just as freelance. And I worked, oh, fun fact, I worked on the side at Medieval Times as a serving wench. Oh my um, God, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it was the perfect job to like balance with freelance because I'd have my freelance during the day and then do medieval times in the evening and weekends. Right. So at least I always had income coming in. I didn't have to worry. Anyway, the recession hit in 2009. I ended up getting a contract with this animation company and they loved my work. They loved me, what I did for them. And then they offered me a full-time job and I was like, okay, yes, I have a one-year-old. I definitely would love some steady income. So um, I signed up with them. I left my agent um, and it was a really good job at first. It, it, it taught me a lot about branding and licensing, especially for animation, cartoons. Um, we worked with a lot of big brands like Spin Master, um, Sony. Uh, it taught me a lot about working with freelancers. So that gave me a lot of insight um, being on both sides. So as a freelancer and respecting people and, and knowing that in the office, they might not get back to you right away. Cause they got to run it through like 40 different meetings, right. Before yeah. they come back to you, yeah. like it, it gives you such a perspective. And yeah. then also like, you know, having freelancers respect me and my time. And, you know, I think it just was a really good experience. And I created kind of style guides and stuff like that. Learned all about like patterns and creating palettes and brands and so it was it was a really great job well it was great but um I stayed there maybe a bit too long I ended up um kind of rising in the ranks uh becoming more of a manager role I was doing more spreadsheets emails telling other people how to be creative and I was pretty much the 
sole breadwinner of uh, the family. My husband was doing like little gig things and taking care of the kids, but not really, you know, there was a lot of pressure on me money-wise. Yeah. So, you know, I just kept thinking like, this is okay. This is fine. I'm fine with this. And uh, it's funny because like, I noticed I, I wasn't laughing as much. My clothing had turned all black, <laughs> which I noticed in retrospect, uh, just like not, not pleased. Like I was just going yeah. through the motions of every day, right? I was coming in and then the work really slowed down. So then it was eight hours of trying to look busy and then having a team of like seven people under me looking for work. When That's the worst. I had no work. I've been there. Oh, oh my God. Right? Yeah. It's, I'd much rather be busy than have yes. nothing and just stare at a computer all day yes yes so yeah that was happening and then I think this yeah there was just a day that I had one of my team members was working on the style guide for maybe like two weeks three weeks we went into a meeting and someone just shot it down and was like no we're not using this no and I was like I just wasted this girl like two weeks of this girl's time and just something just broke it just broke in me and my body, like, I, I remember biking home from work that day. And I was just like, whew, like, I was just taking these deep breaths. And I was like, oh, I just couldn't catch my breath. And then I parked my bike in the garage and I almost threw up. And I was like, what is, what is happening? So I went inside and I'm like, I said to my husband, like, I'm not okay. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm not okay. And I, I ended up having a, a like, a bit of a panic attack and a mental breakdown and realized like my body was telling me like this is not okay you are not happy I discovered I was depressed I was suffering from anxiety I was not happy at my job but I felt like I had to stay there to provide for my family like that is just so much pressure right yes so I just I said we, we discussed it and I said you know I think I have to move on So I ended up uh, taking a little leave of absence and then during that getting some counseling and stuff and um, yeah, deciding like, okay, I think I need to be creative again. Like that's missing from my life. Yes. So yeah, I quit my job. Uh, The husband took up the reins of the full-time job. He's a postal worker now. And, um, and I'm actually, I'm four years in transitioning back into this creative industry and I'm making more than I made at the office. Right. So as terrifying <laughs> as it was to leave. Yes. Like, holy crap. And I'm so much happier. And I'm home yes. with my kids. Like, and win, win, win. When you look back on your life, you know, like, what are you going to be thankful for? Is it going to be the job <laughs> that, yes, exactly. you were the on, you made money on? Or is it going to be like when you left and you raised, you know, you rised up and you took mm-hmm. control and now you're, you're happier than ever? Exactly. And I mean, it was, it was a terrifying leap to make, but I am so thankful. So glad that I made it. And I'm so glad my body told me like, you know, I lied to myself for years. So important to listen to your body. Our bodies tell us everything. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's insane, you know, from, um, like having a mental breakdown from having panic Mm -hmm. attacks to acne, Mm -hmm. to gaining weight, to not being able to lose weight. It's, I mean, headaches, everything like points. I swear to God, like our bodies (laughs) are our biggest advocates and will tell us where we need to go. I feel that so deeply And my experience was a little bit different. Like I didn't really have an issue with my job 
but it's just, you get stuck in it and mm-hmm. realize, I think it builds up because you're kind of like, oh, like that's not that great, but you start to live with it and then it yep. becomes normal. And then it kind of like stacks up on top of each other until like, until you get to your point where you're like, mm-hmm. oh no, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just the, the support I got, even like, I was terrified to tell my, my mom and she was, cause she, she's a warrior. Right. So I was like, oh, she's going to freak out. I'm leaving my job. Oh my God. And she was so supportive and it was, it was just wonderful. Yeah. She's like, you do you like, you know, you gotta, you gotta be happy. (laughs) I love her. And Mm -hmm. I think for the people that don't have that, I think that there is a place in web three where they can find that, you know, yes, definitely. Whether it be from you or some other artists, like anybody who is looking to, get out of their situation and get into yep. the space. I mean, get in there and just start reaching out to people and just start, yep. you know, making friendships, which is literally the easiest thing to do in yes. web. Well, actually recently, what I've been doing is like, when I come across on my for you page on TikTok, if I come across like ladies that are like, I want to enter into web three, I don't know where to start. I go and I tag people like you and Lisa and Amy. And I'm like, Hey, look at this woman, like introduce yeah. yourself. Like let's all connect. And yes. it's been wonderful. So good. I, I mean, that's so special. Our like little women niche is so special. And that's <laughs> so what do you and say- the support of men? There are supportive. Yes. Men oh my God. Too. The men, like, we're not support- excluding the men. No, the men who support the women in the space are oh. literally my favorite. Right. We have creative Viking, Homer, Mm -hmm. um, Selvin. Yes. Oh my gosh. Selvin. Yeah. There's so many of them. Shout out to the males. Yeah. (laughs) Evan. Awesome. All the guys. So good. I know. (laughs) Crypto Corey. Um, I'm like, who am I forgetting? Cyborg Chicken. I know. I feel like there's so many guys. All now. I'll like, (laughs) I'm actually going to tag them all in this, like in the podcast notes because you deserve a special shout out. (laughs) Thank you for your support. Yes. Um, all right. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned from, from that shift? Oh my gosh, that I am capable of anything. If I put my mind to it, holy crap. It's like, I used to be so afraid of everything, afraid of change, afraid of like just being uncomfortable. But as soon as you push yourself into new spaces, like this web three, this has been like a learning six month learning journey. And every day I'm learning something new. And it's like, you know, like I'm 42 and I haven't been in college for a good two decades now. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's just right behind you. like growing my brain and learning and pushing myself. And you know what? It's funny because it's like, I think personally, we're, we hold ourselves back so much just with our mindset. Mm-hmm. just thinking that, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm scared of this. But you know what? If you push through that, like, it's just amazing what you can achieve. Yeah, it's so true. I I love that so much. It's just ba- back to mind over matter in that a- aspect. And if you can, if you can really believe in yourself, I think it mm-hmm. really puts you on a great path. Yeah. What, yeah. what would be like one piece of advice you could give a woman who's looking to get out of corporate and shift into the freelance world? Um. Definitely uh, save up money because you don't want that stress on your head. Yeah. You know, like luckily, I mean, I wasn't planning on leaving, but um, I'm, I've always been good with saving. Um, so I wasn't, I actually had savings that I actually never had to dip into, which was wonderful. Um, but yeah, yeah. Get yourself a good financial 
basis, like at least three months pay saved up so that you have that cushion. So if things go awry, you're not stuck. And know that you have so many options. You know, if you take that leap, like if it fails, there's part-time jobs. There's, yeah. there's so much money to be made on the internet. There's even, especially in web three, like web three jobs, there's uh, so much, so many options. Like, yeah. like, don't think you're stuck and you only live once. So like, take that risk. Oh my gosh. You do only live once. Like, and again, going back to like, when you look back, like, what do you want your life to look like? And I think people are so, for some reason they get stuck in their heads and they think they have to just like stop everything and Mm -hmm. just do a complete 180. And I know for me, I like, when you jump in to web three, it's not like you're going to get 24, you know, all these clients at once. It's like, get one client. That's all you have to get. Get one client, save up that money, work a little bit on the weekends, work a little bit at night. And then you're going to get, what I did is I got my first one, then I get my second one. And then I could, I would feel really tight on time and stress. And so I would tell myself, okay, the next person I get, I'm going to, it would be anywhere from like the next person, the next client I bring on, I'm going to get help with cleaning my home. I'm going to get mm-hmm. help with a virtual assistant. And I would oh. like keep that in mind and be like, okay, I love that funds are going to a virtual assistant. And then wow. once you actually get in the swing of passing things off, which can also be a learning curve, it becomes mm-hmm. so addicting and you're just like, all right, who else can I hire? <laughs> wow. Wow. See, I got to start on that journey. That's what I'm struggling with. I almost hired a virtual assistant to like help me with things and I chickened out. So I just, <laughs> she, yeah. she wanted, com- she wanted commitment and I just kind of like got nervous about it and I don't know. And then I was like, am I, is this worth putting money into? Yeah. And I overthought it. And so I will try that again. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe with a house cleaner. First. Yeah. Maybe she wasn't the one for you too. I mean, when you start, I feel like you can find people who are also in the same position that you are. Like maybe they have a full-time job and they only have five hours a week to give if, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, however many hours, but I feel like there's going to be somebody out there that you can, that will align with what you're looking for too, for sure. That's true. That's true. You know? Okay. So how did you get into web three? Like, what was that transition? Like, did you go to freelance straight to web three or was it like you like, tell us, tell us how you made that transition. Yeah. So I've been freelancing. I've been doing like book covers and animation logos and all kinds of stuff. You can view on my website, alanamccarthy.com. <laughs> Little self plug. Going there next. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was doing all that stuff and I just kept seeing, I saw that thing about people uh, who I would follow on Instagram and how he was like making these NFTs and selling them. And uh, I, I started kind of looking into it a little bit. And then um, a bunch of like my husband's cousins were like, oh, you got to get into NFTs. This is a crazy space, all this cryptocurrency and stuff. And I don't know what it was. Some Just in November, I just said, F it. Let me look up. I've got a Skillshare uh, subscription. Let me look up a course on Skillshare, how to mint an NFT. And I went through the steps. I did it. And I was like, oh, this is easy. Okay. Well, if this isn't going to be like that time consuming, I'm going to throw up some artwork and see what happens. And then I started diving in and I was like, it's not easy. Why do you guys got to complicate this thing? (laughs) You got to build a community, (laughs) a website, a discord, on and on, connect with people. I had to relearn Twitter after being away from it for like a decade. (laughs) Oh, I feel that so deeply. 
uh yeah all the learning all the learning and then I started watching YouTube videos and I saw all these collections and like 10,000 collections I was like how the hell are they doing 10,000 so I looked that up and I found out about generative art and I was like wow that's pretty cool so I decided to start making my own generative art collection so I drew cat chunks on an iPad, I did all the layers, I coded it all, I put it yeah. through the generator, I found I made mistakes, redid it, I, I redid it about five times, regenerated it. Anyway, eventually got it right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now I have my own NFT collection. You must have so much knowledge in your head, like <sighs> coding crazy. aspect, that's crazy. Did you, okay, so did you learn that all from Skillshare? No, I just did that one little Skillshare course. And then okay. I just thought it, I just lots of Googling and lots of YouTube videos and then saving the yes. YouTube videos that were useful. Mm-hmm. And um, I found the most useful for artists was Hashlip, Hashlip series on coding because other videos were showing you how to code, but they weren't giving you the why. They were like, okay. do this, do this, do this. So then if something goes wrong, you don't understand what you just did. So Hashlips, he would actually walk you through like, this is why you're typing this. This is what this is going to do. Let me show if I undo it, what happens? Let me show you if you miss a slash, what happens? And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense to me. So then when something goes wrong, I can actually go back and figure out why yeah. it went wrong. Yeah. Okay, so Hashlips, H-A-S-H-L-I-P-S? Yes, yes. Right. So he's, he's kind of like a big coder in... Um, okay. South Africa and he's kind of like a guru for the generative art space oh, of oh NFTs. So many shout outs. Yeah. I love it. Right? I love but shout-outs. um but from our community, Selvin Cortez is actually working on something that generates the art for the artist, will upload your um your images to an IPFS, an interplanetary file server, and it's gonna make your minting DAP for the minting website all in one. So he's working on this currently. And I got to take a tour of his little, of his app right now. And it's amazing. And I wish him all the best. And I really want this to go forward because it, it will negate all that searching, all that research, all that coding. Like it's just, it's a game changer. Seriously. Yeah. I, mean, I feel so like shout out to him. Yeah. anybody listening who is looking to get into the space and has some sort of background in anything that helps artists, like mm-hmm. word of God, like it has to do well, right? Like artists yeah. want to be artists. They don't want to be coders. Yeah. They don't want to be exactly like running manage, like a management group. I mean, I shouldn't say all of them, but you know, I feel yeah. like most artists just want to do their art. <laughs> well, that's my ultimate goal in this space. Like I'm a hands-on learner. So I, I kind of had to go through the process to understand it. Yeah. Um, but now that I understand, it I want to simplify it for artists mm-hmm. and kind of start making documentation that they can walk through to create their own nft collections and promote them and where to promote them and how to promote them and, and discord and all this you know because yeah. I want to I want to shorten that learning curve okay that was my next question for you was what was your <laughs> ultimate objective in this space <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> you touched on that and I think yeah you supporting artists is is going to be so helpful and so needed in this space. And I agree with you as well, that sometimes you just have to jump in and do it yourself. Yeah. I I know for me, I, I, it was something happened between my bank 
and MetaMask. And it was like the first mm. step of trying to get into the space. It's like, I can't get into the space because this issue and ended up being a Wells Fargo issue. But I connected with a lot of people in the space who are like, I have no idea what's going on with this. And they, they yeah. were educators in the space. And so I literally had to just get in and dig and call my bank, call all these other people. I think it was like TransferWire or something. And it oh all down to like some random thing that I had to do that nobody else has ever had to do before. <laughs> like that where it's just like you know it's 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 different for everybody right now and you just yep. have to be dirty get dirty and be resourceful and just kind of mm-hmm. like do the thing and ask questions along the way yeah and and let people know of these roadblocks because there are so many intelligent coders and devs out there that are trying to solve these problems and trying to make it easier for us so yes. you know that feedback and making that public of like things that are going wrong Mm-hmm. that helps that helps the community as a whole it really does everybody loves it and I know like those are like some of my best videos on TikTok too so <laughs> that's my little TikTok tip there okay so you're looking at helping the whole like starving artist so that kind of lends itself to the money conversation mm-hmm. and you and I have been in groups where people have been asking about this you and I have talked about this of like you know what what do we do when we get into this space, you know? So what would be your advice for artists who are looking to make money in this space and who have people coming to them and asking what, what their price is or, you know, what their, what their costs are? Yeah. Um, pricing is always really tricky. Like even in the traditional illustration space, because you kind of have to have your hourly rate in your head that you don't tell the client, but you kind of plug in yes. and then you add on the layer of like how many eyeballs are going to be looking at this work. Is it a big company? Is it a small company? Is it a mom and pop? Everything affects the price. And sometimes you just have to kind of make an educated guess and throw it out there and hold your breath and pray. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, this week I'm quoting on my first, um, contracted generative art project for another um, NFT company. And I just started asking people like, you know, have you hired someone? What did you pay them? What kind of rights did you give them? Um, Just kind of sourcing information from all over from people that have been through it, people that have hired. And um, I think I've, I've found a pretty good balance we'll see how it goes um yeah. I'm due to send the quote out tonight but um but it's really interesting because I was talking to someone and he's been involved in a lot of nft projects and he says he saw a range from about 5k for generative art all the way up to like 20k so that's a pretty big range and then also like what are you asking for are you asking for a bit up front that is maybe an advance against the royalties are you asking for royalties are you keeping the rights are you selling the rights um there's so many factors that go into it and then in terms of generative art like how many traits are there going to be how many bases are there going to be um so yeah just lots and lots of uh mapping it out but I definitely think that it's a very lucrative space right now for artists because everybody needs that cover on their NFT, whether they're selling it, you know, they're selling the utility under it, but they, they need that, that book cover, you know? They do. And I feel like, you know, people coming to the space who are looking to create collections who aren't artists. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
they, if they can't do art, like that is such a unique skill that if you have that skill, like people need your services, they, they need you to survive in the web three space. And coming from my standpoint, I'm looking at a collection right now or creating some sort of, um, project. And in my head, I'm looking at artists and I have somewhat of like a picture in mind of what I want. And not Mm -hmm. every artist does that. Every artist has their very unique angle and their very unique style that if somebody's reaching out to you, they've connected with your style. And if you have that style that they want, there's not a lot of people out there who have the same style as you, probably almost nobody. So you really have the leverage there. And I think that um, also to add on top of, you know, like calculating and all the things like you're not just an artist anymore. When you go freelance, you have to deal mm-hmm. with the back and forth. You have to deal if they want updates, you have to deal with billing with emails. And, um, I know that I've talked to some people and, um, they'll know that like, if this client's going to be a pain in the butt, they increase mm-hmm. the price. Like they like, will double it because yep. a-hole tax, a-hole yes, tax. A-hole tax. <laughs> you're just there. And, um, I, you know, running my own business, I have, I've had an agency for about six years now and I've done the thing. And yeah, sometimes when you do start out and you have zero experience, like you do need to go a little bit lower, just, you know, the learning experience, but don't like, don't stay there forever. And you you don't even have to go lower. You know, I think just, it depends on your energy and how you feel. And I know that when I first got in, I just didn't have the confidence. And so Mm -hmm. I'd start at one price and then quickly be like, Oh God, that was way too much. And like would increase the price as I go. And I can promise you that people will pay. There's, there's somebody who will pay your price at every single price point. I've been at every single price point. And typically the people who are paying the higher price points are going to be much better clients. They're just, they are, have they a definitely totally are different mindset mm-hmm. and you do not have to start at the bottom tier. You just don't, you know, yeah. I, what I, what I like too, is, um, when I first started, I would go to Fiverr and then I would like double the price because I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, like Fiverr is where people go to get the best bang for their buck. They try to get a deal. And for me, like I, I really love high touch. I really want to make myself available and I don't want to feel bitter towards my client because I'm making myself available, but they're not paying me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole thing too. I mean, I feel like, I feel like pricing is so important. I think it's such an important conversation. And I think as what, you know, we've seen is that some people are, are embarrassed or they feel weird about talking about money and mm-hmm. how much they're making. But I think that, you know, we get to set the standard. So yeah, that's what I, I'm excited about pioneering in this space is that, you know, I mean, I think back to like the Mad Men time of illustrators at ad agencies, like those guys were making bangs. And then, yeah. And then we just, oh, as an industry, we just undercut ourselves and we don't believe in ourselves. And it's like, oh, yeah. you like my artwork? I'll give it to you for a hundred bucks. No. You know? and yeah. It's terrible. And, and it's, been so hard to kind of set those standards again and build them up again after years and years of people coming straight out of school and being like just take my artwork you love it you will thank you take it you know and and it's not it's like this is how we make a living like you have to protect that and you have valuable skills so I think in this web three space like we can start ground up and set these standards and it's like yeah, sure. You can hire someone off of Fiverr. And I actually spoke to a couple of people that had, and they ended up having like being really upset with their collection and having to just hire again. So it's like, you know, you don't do it right. The first time you go for the bargain bin, like you might end up having to pay a couple of times. 
Exactly. I mean, I could not agree more. And people like want your art because they want to make money off of your art. Exactly. That too. And like with these generative collections, they can make millions off your art. Millions. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, well, that's what someone was actually telling me that um, the artist for Board Ape apparently got 40,000, which I mean, as an artist, someone's paying you 40,000 to create this artwork. Mm-hmm. Like that must have been mind blowing at the time. Yeah. But I think it's a she. Um, she did not work any royalties into her. I need to find out who this artist is. I me need to- too. I have to research it because I yes. just heard this hearsay. You know, I really have to look into it. But I couldn't believe that. It's like now in retrospect, she is probably kicking herself because okay. 40000 is pennies now. Yeah. Compared to what she could have been making if oh, she yeah. said, hey, give me 5% of all the uh, after sales. Royalties. So that's important too is, you know, yes. I mean- Everybody has it. Like the music industry has it. Like if you want to use a mm-hmm. music, uh, a, a piece of music for a commercial, like there's rights. And I think that just, oh my God, percentage of sales, I think is so important for artists too. Definitely. I mean, even if you set it at milestones, like, you know, yes. like maybe yeah. the company has to make a certain, like, like contracts are so malleable. Yeah. It's just a matter of sitting down and discussing your needs and trying to meet their needs and trying to meet in the middle somewhere. I actually, it's funny because like on my website, I actually sell a contract template that is the contract that I use and I've kind of made a PDF and it's got all the posty notes on it, like on every single term so that an artist can see it and walk through each of those terms and, and change it to their needs and understand the why behind each term. You need a contract in this space, no matter what you yes. need trademark yourself, you need a contract, all those yes. things. Okay. So before I move on, I just have to tell the story because I think it's important. Sure. I just like popped into my head, but when I first started working in advertising, this was in 2001, 2007, 2008. So I worked for a marketing agency, literally did basically everything. I was entry level. I had to do I like ran the account, you know, and mm-hmm. I also had to do the billing and I got mm-hmm. paid $28,000 a year. And, um, wow. <laughs> I, was, I was billing $90 an hour. And like, looking back, I was like, why did I think that was okay? Like I was new in the space being completely taken advantage of doing everything. And I think it came out to, I think it was like, Oh, it was almost $200,000 that they were billing. Or I mean, if I would have equated my hours, I mean, $200,000 and I was getting paid 20,000. Like that's that's, insane. Yeah. And so when I ran my business, my first business, um, my agency, like that's what I remembered is in freelancing being like these agencies are billing clients so much and they are getting entry level work, you know? And if you're freelance, you're more than likely not entry level. And so you can, you know, ask for a pretty penny. And that was in 2007, $90 an hour. Yep. So there's a good starting point, like go above that. Yeah, exactly. And you got to think also like, they're not, they don't own you. They're not, they're not paying you benefits. They're not paying for your computer. They're not paying office space to house you. You are covering that all on your own. So you have to run that into your rate as well. Such a good point. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. I feel like we could talk forever about this, <laughs> so I'm like, but it's so important, but I want to, I want to hear about, um, cat chunks. Yes. Cat chunks. So they are 1000 
kitty cats, um, hand-drawn in Procreate and then generated. Um, I have made my smart contract through Third Web, uh, which kind of made a little thing I could put on my website. Um, yes. So you can mint them through the website. I decided to go and launch them on the Polygon blockchain, which is actually pretty difficult for people, unfortunately. Like I said, every step of the way, I learn new things. I thought the onboarding for Polygon would be like oh, a little bit difficult, but oh man, it is. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. yeah learning. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to the people that actually minted from straight from my website, but we did find a workaround. I end up okay. minting them. I put them up for sale on OpenSea and then people oh, can just buy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I oh am. I'm I excited. Am. Okay. Kind of, kind of brain shambles style. <laughs> well, it's so, so, that's great. Like that's such a good lesson to be learned. So if you would do it differently, what would you do? Would you keep it uh, or just do a brain shambles style? No, because her method is taking a lot longer. Like at least my method, my method is done in about three clicks. Like I'm okay. not filling out all the forms because there is metadata already there, but I don't know. I don't, I've, I've been searching my mind how to solve this. Like I do like that I'm on Polygon, so it doesn't cost anybody any gas Yes. or, or penny, like fractions okay. of a penny yeah. of gas. So good, good for the environment, better than Ethereum. Um, less energy. Uh, like originally, I wanted to do Solana, but there wasn't enough um, wasn't enough support in terms of like making a minting website. Uh, so I had to switch to Polygon. Okay. Yeah, because it just it's just not as popular right now. But who knows? Now that Solana's on OpenSea, um, I might switch my next collection to it. Anyway, um, let's move away from the <laughs> the technical side. Anyway, yeah. Chunk. So. Uh, Yes, if you purchase a cat chunk, um, I'm going to be donating 8% to animal charity, which Yay. is great because we got to take care of our fuzzy friends. We do. And um, also my first 100 holders will be getting uh, surprise merch in the mail from my geeky pet store. Um, I So my collection is cat chunks by geeky pet NFT because I've been geeky pet's been kind of my side gig for about 15 years now. Okay. I was doing it while I was at the office and it's, it's like cats and dogs dressed up as like superheroes and stuff. And uh, I go around to comic conventions and like, you know, sell my stuff there. And uh, yeah, actually Robert Downey Jr. Featured my artwork on his uh, Facebook page, which what? was pretty awesome. Yeah. I feel like you Iron Man himself. Special, you need to make him a special NFT. Oh, that would be awesome. I wonder if he's into NFTs. I have to research that. (laughs) But um, yeah, so so I wanted to create my own cat with its own costumes and launch it as an NFT collection. And I I capped it at a thousand. It's not like a giant collection because yeah, I thought it was more manageable for me, more manageable to like potentially sell out. Um, I am independent. I'm doing everything myself discord marketing everything so you know I'm completely indie I'm going for organic slow growth Um, as I grow as people buy things um, I will be able to invest more into the community more into growing so it's like you know my supporters are going to be able to grow with me I love that yeah and if anybody wants to learn about like your journey seriously your tiktok videos they are <laughs> so good. Go find her on TikTok. Thank you. All right. So speaking yeah. of that, where can we find you? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so for my traditional illustration work, it's my name, alanamccarthy.com, M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y.com. And um, then for my, you can either find my NFT stuff through there, or you can find it at geekypetnft.com. And uh, you can see also my Geeky Pet prints and stuff at geekypet.net. Um, yeah, and TikTok, I'm at Geeky Pet NFT and Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, find me there. I'm definitely, I'm documenting the journey. I'm documenting all the ups and downs and struggles so people can learn from them. It's so good. Yeah, and uh, you have a great breakdown of if they want to go onto your website and mint via Polygon, you have yes. a great instruction manual how to do that in your Discord. So I do, yes. I and it's it's actually I've added it straight onto the minting website. So if you oh, find yourself okay. on my minting website, there's a tutorial walkthrough that's a PDF, and um, you can learn quite a few things actually if um, if you walk through that. Yeah, Amazing. and you know what? Once you do it once. Like you're set, you can buy Polygon and save gas on OpenSea forever because you have those skills now. It's like if you do all these things just once and figure it out, then it becomes really easy. It's hard the first time and then it's easy the rest. Well, we will link all of these below and thank you so much for being here. This was so insightful and I feel like artists looking to come in the space are going to gain so much value from you and what you have to give and your TikTok videos. Oh, thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Caitlin here. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast. If you're a woman pioneering the way in the NFT, Web3, or crypto space, I want to share your message. Check out www.metamintmarketing.io slash win, W-I-N. And let's see if you're a great fit. If you got something out of this interview, I would love for you to share it with your network. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social channels. If you know someone that would be a great guest, make sure to tag them to let them know about the show and include the hashtag women in NFTs podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and truly mean a lot to my incredible guests and me. Want to stay in our world? Go to our website, metamintmarketing.io, or follow me on Twitter at NFTCaitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.